Welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, where we discuss both the day-to-day and one-of-a-kind issues facing real estate managers. Today I'm here with Nate Smoyer of Avail.co, a platform for DIY landlords to advertise screen tenants, manage lease agreements, and collect rent. Welcome, Nate. I understand that Avail recently conducted a survey around the impacts of COVID on renters and landlords. First, tell us about the study. Who were the respondents and what was the goal of this study? Yeah, well, well, thanks so much, Suzanne. And, and I'm glad to be here. I uh, appreciate the time to be able to talk about some of the work that we've been doing and research around the DIY landlord uh, market and their renters. Um, you know, First off, we've been doing some of these studies for about the last year. So really at the very beginning of March 2020 is when we started doing studies and trying to figure out, hey, how is this pandemic directly affecting you know, those who are described as mom and pop or DIY landlords? Think, uh, think the investors who have somewhere between one and maybe 10 units, but the majority of them really between one and three. So not deep pockets, not Wall Street bankers, not you know, REITs or, or family offices, they're non-institutional, locally owned rental investors. And we surveyed and, and we collected responses from roughly 1,200 of these landlords and about 2,500 tenants. And uh, we asked a range of questions, you know, specifically focused on um, trying to better understand the effects of the pandemic, both on in terms of paying rent, paying rent on time, how are you paying rent? awareness of programs, assistance, both in terms of direct rental or other, um, you know, past surveys, we, we talked to landlords and to, to understand if they were aware of forbearance programs. And, you know, it's, it's been fascinating to see and to uncover what we've learned uh, because, you know, if you just look at the numbers of who's paying rent as a gauge to the rental market, you might think that things really aren't that bad. And I'm not here to proclaim that the sky is falling, but there's a lot more to the story than just who's paying rent and who's paying rent on time. So to that end, what would you say were the top three findings of the study? Yeah, so <laughs> hard to really break it down or boil it down to the top three. Um, and you know, certainly even harder, I think, just to rank them. Uh, you know, we spend... Uh, you know, although we're we're pretty fast in turning around these studies and getting the data out, we believe it's sensitive. You know, time is it's real estate. Time is of the essence, and um, so the, 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 it, it's pretty tough to just say three. But you know, over the last year and even including this one, one of the things that we noticed was that um, landlords are digging into or have been digging into their both the retirement and emergency funds to cover the gaps. Um, this, this is a problem, right? So everyone looks at the, the mortgage uh, delinquencies as, as oftentimes as a, are people paying their mortgage? And you know delinquencies weren't skyrocketing. We weren't seeing properties flood the market. And so everyone's paying their mortgage. Well, yes, but you know think about it. When people are digging into their retirement savings or emergency funds to be able to pay their mortgage, that's not a sustainable solution. That's not long-term viable. And ultimately, you know, uh, investment owners, you know, property owners tend to skew older. And so when we saw that, that's a very troubling sign because many of them are banking on their investments to be part of, if not their retirement. Uh, So, you know, 
taking the profits or the cash that have set aside now is, is not a, a great solution. Uh, we also noticed that tenants had continued to pay rent. Now there was definitely, there's been a decline and it continues to be a, a, a slight decline in uh, who's paying rent in full and paying rent on time. Um, but when we dug into it, that's when we found that, you know, a, a large majority of tenants were still dependent on the stimulus efforts. They were still dependent on other government programs and they were borrowing. So friends and family, credit cards, personal loans, um, and you know, put that together. You know, if tenants are borrowing and landlords are cashing in their emergency funds, um, that's not a great. That's not a, that, that's not long term uh, stable. That that can't remain for a long period of time. What, one item on on this pre, on this most recent survey that we uncovered was that there's a troubling trend of lack of awareness. And so we specifically in this survey uh, wanted to focus on stimulus funding and rental assistance. And what we found was that, um, you know, only 31% of tenants were aware of the, the assistance programs out there. They just, they don't know, like, so you think about it, three out of 10 know. So that means seven out of 10 don't know. That's just not good enough. Um, and then, you know, almost half Landlords are, are aware of assistance and uh, uh, you know relief programs. So you know there's been multiple relief programs that have launched that didn't give away or you know distribute or deploy all of the capital designated to go to DIY and independent landlords. You know, I think uh, Washington D.C. was one of the cities that had a significant trouble with this. And it comes down to there's a total lack of awareness of the programs. And it's really hard because, you know, this is a fragmented market. They're not centralized. It's not like you can, you know, just send it to one or two outlets and reach all of them. And it, it's very difficult. Um, but even for the landlords who were aware of some of the programs, they cited several barriers to being able to get to that uh, relief or you know, it created enough resistance stopping them from pursuing the relief. So some, some programs require mandate, you know, needing to waive rights to evictions for, an, you know, a set period of time uh, and tends to be it regardless of payment or other issues. Um, you know, communication with tenants, being able to communicate effectively or wanting to communicate effectively between tenants and landlords uh, has affected the ability not just to uh, get the information needed to apply for uh, assistance programs, but even wanting to. Uh, overall uncertainty, you know, just, you know, that what should I do or how does that even work? I mean, they might've heard of it, but they just have nowhere, don't know where to go. And then having to, to waive late fees. Um, those are just some of the reasons. Those were the top four cited reasons as to why you know, uh, or barriers that landlords cited to applying for rental assistance. Um, and then one really interesting thing that I'll add on here that stood out. And I think if you look at the jobs numbers for last year, um, this is supported by the, the macro trend of who lost their jobs and who didn't, is that women uh, who are renters, or renters who identify as women, uh, have been hit harder by this pandemic than men. 
Um, so 75% of, of women indicated they're having a tough time paying the rent, whereas 62% of men indicated they're having a tough time paying rent. And, you know, why that is, I mean, there's, you know, you could come up with a lot of different theories, but the, I mean, the job, if you look at the macro trend and you try to pair it with other things that are happening, the, the job losses for women outnumbered the job losses for men. Uh, when I think at the end of the year, the, the net net, I, I don't, uh, I should have had those numbers ready to roll here, but uh, you know, that that's a really interesting uh, you know side effect of this pandemic and, and, you know, the broader, um, scope of things here is just to remember that, you know, one, one sweeping policy, one idea doesn't solve challenges like this. It's very complicated. There's lots of nuances and lots of different ways it affects different people. Absolutely. And so what did the study reveal in terms of expected rental income loss this year? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I had the, the uh, like a better uh, ability to pull together the you know cumulative losses of what that would be, and we and we don't quite have data to that level. Um, however, what we were able to see is that a lot of landlords do expect to receive less rent over the next several months. Um, you know, and true, while for some it may not be an actual loss on the year, uh, if they were to look at you know comparison of what they had. Uh, set to collect in rent and what they actually collect, it will be a loss. You know, 50% of landlords expect to experience a loss over the next three months and, and 28% of them citing that they're not sure they'll be collecting rent at all. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's still a fair amount of uncertainty. Now, you know, the the, the last stimulus that went out, uh, uh, there hopefully that will provide a lot of relief um, but, you know, if you've been borrowing for the last several months, you're still likely behind, even with the last run of stimulus. Um, and remember, these are these are DIY landlords, independent landlords, you know, one to 10 unit owners, mom, pop investors. Um, you know, a lot of them have full time jobs themselves, meaning that they are just as at risk of losing their work or their full time income stream. So the ability to absorb these losses um, isn't isn't like those of the institutional investors. It isn't like the the ability of of maybe a family office or a REIT, you know. So it's um, it's really challenging and, and troubling to hear when you know if you're not collecting the rent that's required to you know you have to put money aside for the rainy day fund and for capital expenditures and ongoing maintenance. And we did see an uptick in landlords saying that hey, right now I don't have the extra funds to put anything aside or to do anything with fixing or maintaining the unit. And ultimately that, you know, leads to a cascading of problems when problem, when properties, you know, become neglected or not upkept, you know, when they live in, they're, they're getting, you know, used and they need uh, repairs, they need improvements over time. And if that doesn't happen, it, you know, it, there's a cascading of problems that follow that. So you mentioned there's an awareness issue. So are landlords receiving what they need right now, both in terms of information, but also in terms of rental assistance? Yeah, you know, from from what we can see in our in our surveys, from from who I've spoken to in other forums I've participated in, um, that the the reality is no. Um, I, you know, it's it's extremely challenging uh, to get information to the individual property owners. 
And, um, you know, when you try to do it from a federal level, it's going to be far too, uh, it's, it's, it's far too uh, uh, broad a messaging to be able to reach them directly. Um, it really has to get to the local level somehow in a coordinated fashion. I think that's one of the challenges in this. Um, there's just, it, it's not very clear. Um, even the eviction moratorium itself um, has a lot of ambiguity to it. Uh, there's some just un, there's just so much uncertainty, uh, and you know there's that creates problems and, and confusion. Uh, we saw in previous surveys uh, that we ran that uh, you know the the rules around forbearance, um, you know uh, landlords weren't sure if they qualified and didn't really know how to clearly go check if they qualified. And, um, you know, it sounds like it shouldn't be that hard, but, you know, if you only have one or two units, it's not like you're buying properties every year. So, you know, you don't have necessarily a, a personal connection at a, a mortgage company to call all the time or, you know, know who to go to. And that can be a daunting thing added on to the stresses of a pandemic. So ultimately, at the end of the day, um, we haven't been able to get this information to DIY landlords well enough and their tenants to be able to help remedy the issues. So if the tenant awareness is even lower, what is the survey showing in that regard? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's almost, you know, for every, uh, so it's about, you know, uh, three out of 10 tenants are aware of the programs and about five out of 10 landlords are aware of programs. So landlords are more aware than tenants in general um, because, you know, it's, again, it's their business, right? They should be, and, and they're looking for that. Um, at the same time, though, one of the, the, the earliest of gaps we found uh, is just the communication gap. Yeah, there's just the communication gap between landlords and tenants and how they communicate around this. And there's been, you know, lots of different reasons to cite as to why, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't get along at the beginning. Maybe they don't know how to communicate. Maybe there's not a designated channel for that. There's lots of different varying reasons, but ultimately it's, a, it's a, there's a, a, a significant communication problem and it's not necessarily getting to the landlord and then immediately passing down to the tenant, but it's also not getting to the tenant and immediately passing through to the landlord. And you need both sides in many cases to work in a coordinated fashion to get to the remedy whether it's a rent relief or some sort of, you know, buyout of rent, you know, past rent sort of thing. Um, and that just makes it more challenging because it requires multiple actors to, you know, move towards the same solution. So you mentioned that women are one of the demographics that are being hit hard right now. Are there any other groups that are struggling to pay rent right now? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, you know, we, we do collect, uh, we try to collect uh, demographic information. So all the information we collect is anonymized uh, and the demographic information is uh, you know, voluntary after the, the primary portion of the survey. Um, we have seen other gaps. You know, one of the gaps that we've seen is uh, probably not surprising is that those who are in the, the bottom 20% of income percentile uh, have the most challenge in paying the rent. They have the most back rents or the highest balance owed, uh, and they have the toughest time paying in full. Um, and, you know, that's probably not surprising. I mean, that tends to be a lot of service uh, industry jobs, and a lot of service industry jobs in the past year have been hit the hardest. Um, even if, you know, uh, you, you're in a, a role that was deemed a, 
uh, an essential role, you know, hours were cut back or number of positions were cut back. Uh, and so that is an unfair um, disadvantage to a lot of people who, you know, have are in those jobs or in those income brackets. And, and really unfortunate, it's just so, it's a double whammy because they're also the people who have the, the least amount of cushion to absorb any of this. And so, um, you know, that's where you see the scenarios of the tenant is unable to pay. And it's not a withholding rent from the landlord, they're just unable to pay. And it's outside of anything in their control. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, some of our, our previous, uh, studies looked into this and um, this isn't on the tenant side, on the landlord side, but the, on the landlord side, what we saw is some of the proposals to, um, you know, how they wanted to move forward. And even the eviction moratorium was disproportionately affecting uh, black and Hispanic landlords than it was white landlords. And, um, you know, there's nothing in the, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's fascinating to see that because, um, it's just the, uh, I guess the, the big takeaway here is that real estate and where we live and the rentals market is, is very local. It's very, um, it, it's, it, it's to the community level. There's lots of layers to it. Uh, and, um, you know, big, big policies, big, large sweeping policies sometimes can't solve those problems because there's just, you know, nuances. And, and unfortunately, there's unintended consequences to um, some of the challenges. And that's why we think it's so important that we do these, you know, um, it, it's really important to tell the stories of what people are experiencing and going through, uh, as best as we can. And one of the reasons why we continue to do this so that, and our hopes is that the, the information will, will be, you know, shared and get to the people who need to see it. So they'll understand, uh, you know, what's going on with the, the neighborhood rentals, you know, your, your mom and pop independent uh, investors, you know, essentially they're the small business that every community has. And, you know, I think is good for every community. And Nate, if listeners would want to view the survey results for themselves, where would they go? A lot of our studies and anything that's related to the pandemic, we've published on avail.co slash COVID-19, all one word, COVID-19. And that's a directory. So that directory has uh, some government links for resources. It has uh, any of the reports that we've published uh, for landlords, as well as some resources for tenants. At the top of that page, you'll find the full report recap of our latest survey. Um, you know, and you can choose to download that. And then in, in the future, we plan on publishing two to three of these reports every quarter. And we have a, a special reports email list that goes to. So if you go to avail.co slash COVID-19 um, and you get that report, you can, you can also opt in for our special reports email list. And there's, there's no ads. It's not a product pitch. Um, that email list is specifically and exclusively reserved only for industry-related studies that our team either conducts or partners on. Um, our partners on this one, by the way, has been Urban Institute. They've been really great to work with. Uh, and I would encourage you to check out what Urban Institute is publishing. Um, they also do their own take on our studies and help us think of ways to consider the data in ways that we wouldn't necessarily think of considering it or ways to look at it. So, you know, they've been great partners and we'll continue working with them throughout the year on similar efforts. 
great. Thank you so much for your time, Nate. Visit irem.org for more knowledge to take on real estate management's most dynamic challenges. That's www.irem.org.